Chapter 33 The Corrupt Cover-Up The longer I go on, the more I'm starting to see that we've been trained as humans to conquer, overcome, and even destroy anything or anyone in our path as long as the individual gets what they need, whatever that may be. We should seek to live in balance, and I even believe a great balance once was. Just look at the battered temples, pyramids, ruins, as each depicts what remains when the ego sought to destroy what was once built out of love. And that ego is so sneaky, the moment it feels threatened, it begins to constrict, attacking anything in its path. The ego sees everything as a threat by showing an aggressive attitude through conflict. The ego will build bombs, bullets, and guns, as it wants to demolish communities and entire cities. Meanwhile, love seeks the exact opposite, and so love wishes for all people to be happy, healthy, and at ease. Isn't it ironic how Jesus gave up his life for us, but the average American can't let go of their assault rifle guns? So many go to Mass every Sunday, yet these gun lovers are ready, armed, and willing to kill someone. Jesus let go. He lived with an open heart. And since we can't let go of the guns, anyone who's mentally ill can go buy a gun and shoot our world apart. When someone feels threatened, they feel a desire to remove that which is undesirable from their path. This is something the ego wishes didn't exist, and the longer it stays in their way, the more anger grows into wrath. But rather we need the development of egolessness, which leads to nonviolence, and this is the goal. The tricky thing is when ego converts anything to its own use, even spirituality. But when we sit with this inner heat, whether it be aggression, pain, trauma, or any intense emotions, we can use this heat to generate alchemy. Alchemy is about transformation. It's when the alchemist takes the base metal and heats it until it becomes gold. Why I myself am not the alchemist, since my ego tries to convert anything and everything for its own use. But I believe my spiritual teacher is an alchemist from everything I've been told. I went into the forest to find Bolin Yuktaku, because just like the woman from the Sea of Wisdom, there were secrets being brought to life through him. You see, we tend to seek an easy and painless answer, but this kind of solution does not apply to the spiritual path, because once we commit ourselves to this way, it can feel painful, since this transformation is concerned with the soul's evolution, and so it barely matters how long the physical body will last. This is a metamorphosis, and this commitment exposes ourselves. The more I began to understand the ego's need for control, I discovered much difficulty to make it through these six realms. It seemed that whatever the spiritual source needed, my body, mind, and emotions were a vehicle for the spirit's evolution. Call it grist for the spiritual mill. My ego would fight against my heart to try to control and manipulate a situation for my ego's own liking. Meanwhile, the spiritual source seemed to be keen on propelling me through this confusion. Day after day, I would show up to another job, 
but there within my body, my mind, emotions, and limbs felt pinned. Some days I had plenty of work to do, but often it felt as if this spiritual source restricted my body and I could not even begin. Was the battle in this world, or was the battle against my own self? And the more I tried to find ground to overcome this ego and stay balanced, the more I became hypersensitive from anything and everything else. I began to believe that cars followed me. I'd sit in my room and watch black cars with tinted windows pass. I'd burn up inside with anger, wondering how long this madness would last. My intuition would try to guide me, but I couldn't stand what it said. I was going insane within, and I couldn't tolerate the thoughts or ideas churning through my head. The moment I became aware of the ego is the moment my ego fought my heart in an all-out attack. Whenever I did something to try to free myself from selfish desires, it seemed as if my own ego would stab me in my back. Who had control over me, and what were they putting me through? This entire situation was impossible and was beyond what any individual could manage or do. And what was I doing? I tried to follow the intuition and live with authentic presence. But the further I walked on the spiritual path, the more my ego was resistant. It attacked me from everywhere, bombarding me from all sides. The more I tried to live well, the more my ego wanted this selfless love to die. I was in a process of emptying my desires out, and the point was to let go and not hold on. But the closer I came to doing this, the more chaos came about when I heard my teacher whisper from within. Chaos should be regarded as extremely good news, said Bolin Yukdeku. But how could he hear me? Or was this coming from the woman of the sea? Who was listening and watching? Because I hadn't even opened my mouth, but still there was a chain reaction that transpired through me. I wanted to run, but I had no money and nowhere I could go. The order had bought all the land, and so deep down, Bolin Yukdeku reminded me that the chaos helps our spirit grow. But I couldn't take it. I started to burst at the seams. A man in a truck arrived outside my home with a camera, and my entire life turned surreal as a dream. Whenever I read anything, my ego felt as if the message was directed harshly at me. Whenever I tried to get away from this ego clinging, the ego clinging was all I could feel notice and see. But how could I escape? Oh, how could anyone get free? Wait and see. I heard her voice coming out from the sea. But I couldn't just wait. It felt like everyone around me felt the energy that poured out of my spiritual soul. Now people I met and messaged picked up on the antenna of my awareness, and this was beyond what I could control. Were they monitoring my thoughts? How were they reading my mind? It's enough to drive someone crazy. And so I began to fantasize about hiding in a place that no one could find. Whatever spiritual insight I had touched or found came at quite the cost. I felt more sensitive and paranoid than ever. My entire life felt betrayed and lost. I wanted to find out who set me up. I even thought about destroying all my fellow man. I wanted to see the order crumble as a punishment for the way they mistreated this land. Oh, it was driving me mad, 
and I couldn't hang on. What was I doing? And where did I belong? I tried to find community, but I couldn't control what would happen. People began giving me strange looks, but this energy was beyond what one individual could manage. I'd meet a new friend, then the next day I'd hear their mother died. Was it my presence that did this? And again I wanted to hide. Just when I'd come back out, I'd meet a pretty girl. Then I'd discover that the father of her son was found dead. And was it I who was making everyone's realities twist and swirl? I didn't want to hurt anyone or anything, but I could barely control what on earth occurred. All sorts of strange energetic things would pop up out of nowhere, and my reality became insane and blurred. One moment I'd be on a company call, then a minute later something in my ego screamed how they were mocking me. My ego would become angry and aggressive, but I wouldn't let this insanity free. Then a day or so later, I found out a coworker on that call was in a coma. They also found his wife had a tumor. Was I to blame for all this madness? And so I couldn't even speak a word for fear of what they'd say in their rumors. And when that inner fire would peak, I'd skip work and flock to the ocean instead. I'd wait for as long as it took until that outer layer of my skin would shed. Then I'd swim in the shallows and I'd die over the night. Then when I was reborn, I'd rise with the sun and appear ever bright. This new luminosity was potent and powerful, and it felt like my ego was finally conquered. Now this light seemed to bestow blessings upon the natural land and many others. I'd show up to work after I'd gone missing for days, only to find out a multi-million dollar sale fell into my lap and soon I'd be getting paid. Blessings and tragedies. It became so sporadic, I wondered if this was a mad maze. And so every night, there was one sacred place I could tap into to access divine grace. There I could slow down, and I'd remember my breath. Breathe in, breathe out. A spirit that came from the wind which exists beyond death. And as the world drove me crazy, I would ignite the smoke, and there I'd find sacred rest. O oh, herb, you obtain your serenity from the moon and your energy from the sun. Divinity has bestowed its qualities upon you. It is for that reason I praise you. O oh, herb, you who grow on the mountains, descend here from the mountains so that you may cure disease. Heaven is thrice removed from earth. The divine tree grows in heaven and on earth. It is there that God obtained the immortal plants. O oh, plants and herbs, make this patient sit up. Make him healthy and remove his ailment. You were born from the gods. The Soma herb is your friend. You are like the breath of life, and you cure diseases. Grant this patient happiness. You were born in the Himalayas. You bring welfare to mankind. When the mind, body, or spirit are not at ease, you bring them ease. O oh, herb, you change the mind and body to cure disease. You purify the body of bad blood and increase one's strength. You have the power of healing. Now if I could have healed with just air, I would have, but my mind could not get through it alone, and so the herb was the only thing that kept me from going mad. At night, I would turn time into a sacred ritual. I would ignite the herb and pray, 
because I needed a miracle. My mind was sick and broken. I was somewhere lost in the head, feeling as if half of me was alive while observing the other half of me that felt dead. And so I would inhale the herb, and there my shoulders could relax. I'd release my jaw and ease my thoughts where they were not tangled up or trying to attack. There I felt that ease, as if I had taken a sip from a sacred chalice. I would stare at the stars and ask questions like, is this what it feels like to live in Atlantis? And what if the sun was ever late? And why is it that the homeless people have nowhere to go? How can anyone charge or claim the land when all beings were made to roam? And in this sacred place, this endless mind space, I'd often get scattered and confused, sometimes lost and maybe even scared. But at least this place was honest with me, because wherever the smoke took me, it turned on the flashlight of my awareness, and it let me go deeper inward. There I'd wonder how the order of the world goes around telling grown men and women what they can consume. Limiting their rights, it sure sounds like the jealous type that wouldn't want to see another person's life bloom. Why they've strangled the spiritual source and cut it off from the people. How can they tell you what to grow in the soil? And if you break this law, then they have the right to incarcerate you since they call it illegal? But who are they? For this action is total ego. The restriction they force upon us is what has thrown the world into upheaval. But of course, I cannot complain about a problem unless I offer up a solution. And so I went to the sea with the herb where the ocean air would allow us to cut through the illusion. The moment my toes touched the water, a feeling emerged from the sea. They tried to bury her, but now she's free. Blame me for the static and flickering behavior from the broken antenna signal. I'm just a little human doing the best one man can, but she's a queen of wands who reveals sacred hymnals, songs and poetry, verses upon these pages, portals and open pathways into the Aquarian age in consecutive stages. Don't believe me? Okay. Well, here's what I'm told from a woman who does not have a physical body, so this could be how it goes. Country number one perceives there to be an enemy abroad, and so they call this land country number two. Country of the one blows up a pipeline near the second country, and before that gets out, everyone is distracted by looking up at a UFO. Now the UFO could have come from any country, and so we'll call that country number three. Then country two is mad about their pipeline, and then suddenly, a train derails in country number one. Meanwhile, everyone is distracted with news, sports, and bombardment of responsibilities stuck behind an illusion the government won't let you escape from. Now all countries are distracted by that UFO, because no one knows if it came from space, the sea, or maybe country three. And none of the countries can admit anything, because all these countries claim there's nothing to see. Ah, so, but someone can see, for these countries live as if she had no eyes, but he's always letting her watch, for she is looking out of the crowd with infinite eyes. She looks back at them, and even she knows these people are upon this planet of earth 
with nowhere to run. It is her dominion, but there is a gap into the underworld. She led me to Bolanyuktiku, who rises up to join the middle and upper worlds. I meet them in the mind space. It's that openness where you can expand anywhere and discover the ability to attract. For it is in this mind space that we are distracted, and so this is the war where the soul is being attacked. I use the herb to go inward, and I hear many voices guided by the intuition. There I ride upon a crazy horse, as I hand over the mind and I release the attachment to being human. Am I mad? Maybe I'm mad in the sense that I get upset, but this anger is due to the norm, as I feel like a traveler following a medicine man with the rituals, medicines, and powers to transform. Why I've told you about Bolin Yuktiku. He's the source of fire that cannot be subdued. And I? But then who am I? I am the carrier of his light, and my body is the chariot for the inward luminosity. No matter how difficult or crazy his requirements, I cultivate his fire so bright that anyone out there can become aware of its intensity in the darkest night. The awareness is the awakening. It is the opening into something brand new, like discovering a secret treasure. This new world grows from Bolanyuktiku. And if you know Bolanyuktiku like I do, then you'll know what is within his powers. But true understanding is the wakefulness to see how all great beings, beyond just Bolanyuktiku, also live within you too. This means all beings are watching, through and through, past, present, and to come. And as the Sutra of Dependent Origination states, there is a reaction to every action, and this karma is a scale that perfectly balances the other half. Whatever is done by one is what is returned across the map. There once was a corrupt cover-up. It was the ego's way of misleading man. Someone wanted to blame it on original sin or on a serpent, but that's because they hide something they don't want you to understand. So who's hiding what? And what is the secret that must be brought into view? Well, that is why I go forth and listen inward to Bolin Yuktiku. Whatever war tactics, traps, missions, and immoral acts are done by one country, this action creates an equal and opposite effect. One minute a pipeline is destroyed near country two, and then right after, country one has a catastrophic train wreck. Somewhat equal and opposite, two sides of the same coin, two sides of the same world. Whatever destruction one brings, then it's returned just the way the other country was destroyed. If country one sends an attack mission upon country two, I imagine once the rubble settles, country two will fire right back to make sure country one makes sure everyone knows what they went through. Is this a program, or is this a dream? It's a settling of old debts with death. The cycle continues, and how bad can tension spread? The Middle East is a desert now, but a long time ago, an oasis grew when the energy between nations wasn't tangled up like knotted threads. The solution is then to wait, not fire more bombs. But all of us know this, but then why do we still drop bombs? And an attack upon anyone is an attack upon our world. This is unacceptable, and as long as the battles continue, 
then the lesson is not learned. Simply stated, one can defend, but one cannot fire nuclear weapons back, for then we are all doomed. We have to refrain from harming others at all costs, and if we do, then we get the boon. Now what is this boon? Oh, the boon is the treasure. It's the fortune, the bliss, and the kismet we've all secretly been seeking. And if you want to know how we get it, then nonviolence is the answer. If you harm someone, the lesson comes back to you. In this life or the afterlife, we are imprinted with the actions of whatever we choose to do. Whether it be a pipeline, a building, a railway, a plane, a bus, a human bomb, every reaction follows the action continuing the pattern as we all end up in the wrong. But there is a right way, and so we hold space after any type of devastation appears. There is no need to retaliate, but the key is this. How do we transform the anger, wrath, retribution, and fear? For this is incredibly powerful energy, and if it is unleashed in its angry form, then we ourselves are doomed. But if individuals can hold space and not react, we will find the heavenly boon. As soon as one of us retaliates, if any of us unleash a violent act back, it fuels tremendous regretful energy, which often returns in a direct attack coming back. The cycle never ends. Look at Syria's sorrow. Look to Israel and Palestine, the US and Russia. We must change the way we respond, otherwise there will be a day when there is no tomorrow. To put this in perspective, we must understand the size of this earth, for we are tiny, and every single one of us human, animal, aquatic, and plant lives comes from this very dirt. Examine the earth's diameter. Now stack that upon the diameter of the sun. You would get a ratio of 108 earths in line to measure the sun. 108 suns fit exactly between the earth and the sun. 108 moons fit between the earth and the moon. The sun is 108 earths wide. Every other planet in the solar system fit exactly between the earth and the moon. There are 108 beads on a Christian rosary, and there are 108 beads on a Hindu or Buddhist mala. You could call that a rare coincidence, and however it's translated, the truth is always what we will call it. For truth is that which is divine, but we are caught in an improper flow of energy and control. We must realign our living layers, our body, speech, and mind, so that the outer layer is centered. Yet we idolize those who cause disruption and dysfunction. We are drunk on debauchery and confusion. This propels all of our layers into suffering, which perpetuates the ignorance of the illusion. Now what is the illusion? Well, if you're in it, then you won't know what this means. But we are here to awaken out of this illusion of separateness, and this illusion is like an ego-guided dream. It's following us, and we're following it. The cause after every action, whatever we give, is what we get. This is the Sutra, and I hold that memory at the innermost place of my soul. It is the only real treasure I carry, and yet it is lost when the ego wants to remain in control. If we observe this central awareness, or bliss, 
It does not fight back, for it watches, offers, gives, and looks, and it waits patiently and still when under attack. The mind, on the other hand, it is always scheming, looking for its own benefit based upon ego, and the ego creates illusion which redirects us from our pure spiritual essence which calls us to let go. Yet the ego prepares for a fight. It builds a wall and buys all the bullets and guns. If not tamed, the ego will dominate the body and mind and will forget that spiritual center which is where all of us are from. We heal the world by healing ourselves, and although this is a noble idea, it does not belong to me. Actually, healing the world costs nothing and it's totally free. Give the earth space and watch what she does. If we calm down and sit, watch, and listen to nature, then we realize all she requires is plenty of love. Sun from above, water from below. We must travel, serve, and feed others. Then the people will unite upon the earth to heal the terrible faults and wickedness that have been sown. How can money be spent on war if it only inflicts damage and death? And if you are attacked, we mustn't repeat the damage. It comes down to our emotions and how they can be managed. Do not trust me as the expert, but look at a situation if you unleash hell upon someone in the supermarket, a school, or across the world. This kills the ground where good seeds of the future can be planted. Times are changing, and so that means even leaders will be forced to change. We must sow the seeds of right action so that only nonviolent lifestyles will remain. Reframe the mind. Take a moment to reflect. If someone goes berserk, come to realize how that energy is contagious and who knows what could happen next. Intense mentalities often arise from a mob, and these ideas can lead to mass hysteria. This chaos that will grow spreads the same way as bacteria. Like any virus, it only looks to expand and conquer. It consumes and devours like a hungry ghost in all worlds. This action is unconscious, as the body and mind are running on automatic. We must find the gap between emotional retaliation and the future of this planet. Do not push the big red button. Drop acid, not bombs. Change the narrative in the mind stream, and there you'll notice a change in our odds. If you don't provoke, then an attack does not come. Even if it takes withholding with great force, the heart should be set on love. Every act matters. Every unused bullet and gun does too. Hold on to your weapons if you want, but every reaction comes back once you pull the trigger all the way through. Stay armed if you must, but once a bullet is fired from your gun, expect another coming back at you. There is no courage in murder, and what joy is there in killing? If we want the boon, we must realize that compassion on the earth is the only thing missing. Let's be like old dogs. We just sit back and absorb. Take all of it in. Just wait and rest. Lying upon the porch, we are the ones our ancestors are rooting for. All of us can follow the breath, and after that we let go, because there's no way we could hang on. It's as if you're falling through the air, but there's very good news, because there's nothing to land on. It's a journey, no beginning and no end. 
the cosmos, the universe, and God, the source, are woven with the earth, and so the earth is where we make amends. But the key, there must be a key. What is the key that sets all beings free? Never look down on anybody unless you're helping them up, said Bolin Yuktiku.